there's a really good book called The Science of Shame uh, by Gerald Fishkin. And he says um, there's a diff- the difference between guilt and shame. Mm. And guilt says I made a mistake. Shame says I am a mistake. I felt like a mistake for so many years after that. And I never talked to anybody about it. Beautiful people, welcome back to another episode of Who Can Relate. If you are new here, my name is Justin Davis, aka JD, and this show is all about people discovering their higher selves through adversity, vulnerability, with a big underline into that word, and self-love. So, I'm so excited about this week's episode. I have a very special guest and a expert in a mental health illness that I think a lot of you will really appreciate. So allow me to introduce Miss Daylene Santana. She's a first-generation Cuban-American actress, keynote speaker, spoken word poet, and mental health advocate. Her work focuses on eradicating stigma in society and Latino community, self-stigma, her personal experience with living with bipolar one disorder, and how others can optimize their mental health. Her mission is to be a living example that those living with a mental health illness can live a happy, fulfilling life. She believes that living in your truth is the most powerful tool you can have. She performs her poetry in schools and universities across the country, and her work has been featured on the following. Dr. Oz's show, All Deaf Poetry, Sway Magazine, I and I Outfitters, We All Grow Latina, Spiritu, and has collaborated with Me Too, the Be Vocal Speak Up for Mental Health Initiative, Be Remarkable Foundation, the Women's Empowerment Network, the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention, and the National Alliance of Mental Illness. So, quite a resume, right? Absolutely. And that's why I'm so excited to bring you guys Daylene Santana. We go over dating with a mental health issue, in this case, bipolar one disorder. We talk about what that dialogue looks like in explaining to your partner that you have a mental illness, what that dialogue looks like explaining to anyone that you have a mental health illness, accepting the mental health illness, and so on and so forth. So let me get into two more things before we get into this amazing conversation. You know we start every episode with an intention and a quote of the day. So let's go with intention. Season two has kicked off and has been rolling and I'm so excited with the progress of how everything's happening. I know you guys have loved my past guests including Miss Shay Davis, AKA the Portuguese lover, AKA my better half, my lovely wife and the one that saved me from the streets. But now I'm gonna start to get into more guests and more people that are experts in their fields to bring more awareness more understanding, and just a bigger diversity panel to the show. So that's the intention for this week. And this week's quote, as we kind of allude to it a little bit in this episode, as you'll find out, is not everything's going to be okay, and that's okay. (laughs) Let me say it one more time for the people in the back, even though this is probably the most layman's terms, down-to-earth quote you're going to hear me for all of season two. Everything's not going to be okay, and that's okay. Now, I personally struggle with that quote. As simple as it is, that just doesn't sit well with your boy. I'm like, there's gotta be more that I can do. There's gotta be more that is in my control that I can figure out and come up with a solution. But at the end of the day, continuing to fit this square peg in a round hole is exhausting. So I have to remind myself very often that everything's not gonna be okay 
and that's okay. We need to let whatever needs to be, be. On that note, let's get into this amazing episode with Miss Daylene Santana. Thank you for all your support. Thank you for all the comments. If you are new here, welcome. You are in for a treat. Let's do it. Miss Daylene Santana. Yes. Welcome. That would be me. Thank welcome you. Welcome to you. Who Can Relate. I'm so excited to be on here. Yeah, I, I'm Seriously. so happy. And I, I got to tell you, um, the last couple days I've been in the house singing um, Senorita by Justin Timberlake and Pharrell. <sighs> That's a good song. One of your many uh, jack of all trade things is yeah. uh, bipolar Senorita. Mm-hmm. So I've just been jamming out to it. Um, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so. Speaking of your uh, your resume, let us know what and all you have going on. So I am Bipolar Senorita on social media. That came about in 2018 when I came out of my bipolar closet and I'm okay. Cuban. And so I thought, how can I make this illness and myself accessible in a way where people, other Latinas, you know, yeah. when I was find, trying to find people who were like me can relate. And so I was like, I'm the bipolar senorita. That's who I am. Yeah. And so whenever I make a post about, you know, my experience, I always put love bipolar senorita. Okay. So that's what I do, you know, create content, create poetry around mental health and mental illness on mm-hmm. social. Um, I also speak in schools and universities, motivational speaking, and I add my poetry to there, um, mm. educating kids um, yeah. about mental health, how to spot signs and symptoms and getting help in their schools, right? Mm. How to speak to their families about it. Um, I'm working on a poetry album. I'm a children's poetry book author. And yeah, I'm a stepmom. I'm a fiance. Yeah. I'm a fiance. Yeah. (laughs) Just just start there. Yeah. Let's start there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, Tell me a little bit more about, um, as today we'll kind of really go over the um, bipolar disorder. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me about how and when you discovered that you were, and also, um, again, super unfamiliar, but there's there's bipolar one, there's bipolar mm-hmm. two, and, and I'm sure a couple other levels, but yeah. Yeah, so I was diagnosed <coughs> with bipolar one in 2011. Okay. So bipolar one, in order to have that illness, you have to have had at least one manic episode. Okay. And that is what I had in order to be diagnosed. Mm. So a manic episode is characterized by a sustained period of like abnormal mood, um, elevated mood and like erratic and exaggerated behaviors. Okay. Um, So can you give me an example in layman's terms? Yeah. Layman's terms. If you're having a manic episode, you um, are having grandiose thoughts. Like we've seen Kanye have manic, public manic episodes where he's saying things that are so big and so out of touch with reality. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you may sleep very little, um, your mind is racing, you um, kind of feel invincible. Wow. You feel like you are the all-powerful. Like you, for me, honestly, like I felt like God. I've only had two manic episodes. The first one that I had was the most traumatic thing that me, myself, and my family have ever experienced. Okay. And um, the second one was much smaller because I had already been Diagnosed. through it and I'd been diagnosed okay. and so I knew the signs and symptoms and I was able to get help faster sure so in order to have bipolar one you at least have had to have at least one manic episode okay. which is crazy I know um yeah. and, and how old were you again I was 19 okay. so I was in college and I took a semester off okay and I was feeling really really depressed and I felt 
it was the worst depression I'd felt. So I was like, I'm just gonna, maybe I should start with my story. So mm-hmm. how I initially um, was diagnosed with like depression and anxiety. So in sixth grade, one morning I woke up and I just felt different. Mm-hmm. Like I just couldn't, I couldn't do school. And I loved school. Like I was always a really good student. I loved being in school with my friends. Yeah. And I lied to my mother and I said I was sick mm. because I didn't know what, depression was like I had no vocabulary for it yeah so I would just lie to her and she believed me (laughs) and throughout those days where I felt these feelings right and I had no vocabulary for it as I said like I would just sleep all day while they were at work and when they would come home I'd wake up and just be like just turn it on yeah yeah turn on um and I did that all throughout middle school high school in college. But once I reached 19, I was like, this is different. Yeah. This is different than sixth grade to middle, you know, sure, all of those sure. years. Yeah. And so I had to take a semester off and I lied to everyone. I was like, guys, I'm just going to work. I'm just gonna, you know, just chill for a bit and, and go back to school. And, and, you know, once I feel better. And for me, I was like, oh, I'm just going to sleep it off. Like I've always done. Sure. Yeah. And one day I'll wake up and I'll feel better and mm. I'll, you know, be really good in school again. I'll be that straight A student. I'll go to the parties, I'll socialize, like, I'll be day again. And that's not what happened. I ended up having a manic episode. And so my episode was super gradual at first. I just opened up a Twitter account and started tweeting. And people were like, damn, day's coming out of her shell. Because I'm normally, or during that time, I was more shy. Okay. Um, and so people were like, damn, day is, like, coming out of her shell. She's really funny all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then I would start to write poetry, which I'd never done before. And yeah. I would perform these like soliloquies that I'd had memorized at open mics. And um, then I started to act out of character. Okay. But it, it took a long time. Then mm. when I finally reached psychosis, which is when you totally lose touch with reality. Mm. You know, you could hear voices. You, your mm. world, like you're not living in reality with everyone else. You've completely lost your mind. Um, that's when I was hospitalized. And after that hospitalization, that's when I was diagnosed with bipolar one. So that's how I reached my diagnosis. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, Um, it was, it was, like I said, it was the worst thing we had ever been through because none of us knew what was happening. Right. Including myself, you know, and, and although when you're experiencing mania, you have these highs, you literally feel like God, like invincible, you're creating, you're so immersed in the mania that you feel euphoric everything everything every drink of water every song the colors plants and everything is amazing but it's still painful because your mind just doesn't stop yeah and um so how how long did your episode last it was almost two months (sighs) almost every day highs and lows yeah every day it was pretty much highs but again it was gradual So nobody could see the signs and symptoms. They just thought I was coming out of my shell. Like, wow, like she's talented and she's writing and she's. And that's kind of the age where maybe, maybe Mm -hmm. you were. Yeah. And then once I started, you know, I started to say things like my family's Cuban, as I mentioned, Mm -hmm. I used to say that Fidel Castro was like a humanitarian. Like he's doing all these great things for Cuba. And then my parents were like, okay, no, you know, this isn't right. right. I thought I was a comedian and I'm funny, but I'm not a comedian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of things that I did. I would email people um, 
tweeting, Facebook statusing, all of these things that were out of character. Yeah. And then that's when people really started to question my sanity or what was they not even my sanity because they didn't know what a manic episode was. Sure. But they were like something's off. Yeah. So yeah, it was crazy. Again, I'm I'm so sorry. I, yeah. I can only imagine yeah. how you must have felt, how your parents must have felt, how mm-hmm. your family, your loved ones who are around you and and I'm sure the biggest um factor was just that confusion you know not being able to put your finger on it or mm-hmm. be able to say oh it's probably this you know right. if like if i have signs of a cold like let's take me to the doctor whatever and you can get medicine for it but to not know what you're going through to not have a history correct me if i'm wrong i mean y- you knew you kind of did but this was mm-hmm. all kept within um oh bless your heart i i, I can't only imagine like yeah. how how that was yeah and and <clears throat> when i so i was hospitalized in newark right mm-hmm. and I got the diagnosis. And the thing is, I did so much in those two months. You say and do things that are so out of character. Yeah. But I didn't remember so much of it. To this day, wow. people tell me things I said and did while manic, and I don't remember it. No recollection. Wow. And there have been times where there have been times where I'll pass by something and I'll have a flashback, like, oh my God. In that moment, I said something to someone and it was crazy. And I don't, it was like six years later. And that puts you in a state of like, you know, anyways. Sure. But all that to say, when I was, when I was diagnosed, I went back to my parents' house and I fell mute for three days. Like I did not speak for three days. I couldn't speak because I was in such shock that I did those things. Like I would... I would say to myself, like, that wasn't me. Like, guys, that was not me. Mm-hmm. And I lost friends because of it. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, I really was like, that wasn't me, but it was me. Like, yeah. I had to realize, and it took many years and a lot mm-hmm. of therapy, mm-hmm. to realize, like, even though it wasn't Daylene that said and did those things, it was still Daylene. It was a version. It was a virgin, version of me. Yeah. Yeah. And it literally left me speechless. So in those three days, I didn't, I was under the covers and I only got up to use the bathroom and I made a vow to myself on the third day. I said, when I can speak again, I will never talk about what happened to me. I will never talk about my mental illness and I will never write poetry again, ever. Mm. It was so traumatic and it was so, I had so much shame. Yeah. The shame was loud, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And so, when I spoke again, I, I just was like, I'll never do it. And it was the elephant in the room for seven years after that. Like I couldn't, I still was good at having a facade and like, but it was hard. I had this, every time I was alone, the shame of the episode and my diagnosis and so loud, I felt really alone. Sure. When you move the distraction away, it's just you and your thoughts. Yeah. There's a really good book called the science of shame. Uh, by Gerald Fishkin, and he says um, there's a diff- the difference between guilt and shame. Mm. And guilt says, I made a mistake. Shame says, I am a mistake. Right. I felt like a mistake for so many years after that, and I never talked to anybody about it. Wow. I felt like a failure, like mm-hmm. I failed my family. I'm very close to my family, and that, you know, they got us out of the hood for what, you know, like look at, look at all of the problems I caused yeah. Yeah. and the pain that I caused them. Mm. Yeah. It was, it was really bad. And I only felt those feelings. I mean, I, 
they, they carried with me everywhere I went. But when I was yeah. alone, I would beat myself up and I just felt like no one could relate. Sure. <laughs> no one totally. around me could relate. Well, you felt alone and then not only that, but then it's like now people are exiting your life. Mm-hmm. So you have that on top of it. Ugh. Yeah. I guess I, I want to go into, you said your fiance, very, very proud of that, which as you should be. Um, how was it, um, how was it rather dating with this disorder, with this lack of confidence there mm-hmm. for a long time, self-esteem, maybe a feeling like you don't belong or something wrong with baggage, you, whatever it is. Yeah. What was that kind of like uh, initially? So... I'm going to rewind a little bit before the dating world because it was really hard for me to understand the new, this new diagnosis and how my brain functions and my moods and all of that because it was so hard for me and my family to find a therapist at the time Mm. that was Latino, that spoke the language, that took our insurance, that I could see immediately because it was an emergency, you know? Sure, sure, yeah. And I always bring that up to people who aren't really well-versed in, you know, the illness because it's really hard. It's really hard sometimes to get access to therapy um, so you can understand why you are the way you are. Of course. You know what I mean? 100%. So I guess for anyone that's listening, I would always say, you know, to really, to interview your therapist. Yeah. Like, like interview them and be very specific of what you need. It doesn't have to be an emergency situation. My situation was very different. Yeah. But if you are a very specific person with very specific needs and the, to find the right person, and this all goes back to dating mm-hmm. because I had to date my therapists. I, that sounds weird, but no. finding a good therapist is like dating. It's literally like dating. Yeah. Because you have to, Talk about your family history in the beginning. You have to be awkward at first and try to be open and vulnerable and, you know, yep. but make it like an interview like you're dating someone. I've, I've always That's why I brought that. it up. No, I've, I've, <laughs> you, you, you stole my analogy. You took it. And yeah. You oh, really? It. Yeah, yeah. No, I've always said that. I'm taking credit for it. So. Do your thing. I've, I've, I've always said that. It's like finding a therapist is like dating. You need to know, like, not just one date. It's going to be like, okay, I found my person. Or if, no. it, if it goes wrong, it's not the yeah. right connection. You really have to take the time. So I, yeah. I love that you said that. And you have to be patient because it's yeah. not easy. Just like finding your life partner is hundred percent. And you're going to be spending a lot of time. Yes. And very intimate thoughts and personal thoughts yeah. with this person. So, yeah, yeah, I love it. So, prior to dating an actual human being <laughs> that was like, you know, to find my life partner, sure. I had to find a good therapist. Totally. You know what I mean? And date in that way, whatever yeah. that. By the way, how, how long did that take, roughly, if you can remember? <sighs> or how many did you have to go through, I guess? I too? went through a lot. I went through probably four or five before I found yeah. my current one, whom I love. Yeah. And I'm really, I'm in a really good place now where her and I actually just saw her at the nail salon, which was really oh, cool. Wow. And I was in LA. No, no, oh, no oh, not oh, in oh, LA. Oh. Back home in New York. Yeah, yeah. And I haven't seen her or, yeah, I haven't had a session with her in like over two months because I've been, I don't need, you know, there's times where you don't see your therapist for a while because sure, you're like sure. talking about the same things or you're good. You yeah, know, you don't need yeah. the therapy. Mm-hmm. So I saw her at the nail salon. That was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had free therapy, which was cool. <laughs> yeah. But um, it took about five therapists to find her. Okay. And five doesn't even sound like a big number, but it's a big oh, number. Oh, no, sure. Because you have to, 
there's so much that you have to reveal in the beginning, as you yep. know. And you kind of start over you and start over time. And, and yeah, then yeah. you do feel like a failure. Like, oh, it didn't work out with right. the just like Danny. It didn't work out with this one. Is there yeah. something wrong with me? I was going to say, then you're the common denominator. So exactly. is it me? Yeah. Exactly. You yeah. get it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So working with her was wonderful because I really, I noticed that I was doing similar, I was doing similar things with myself that I was doing with my partner. Mm. Like I had similar mindsets, like how I was hard on my, like I'd be hard on myself. So I'd be hard on him. Yeah. Anyways, um, meeting my fiance, it was kind of like love at first sight. It's really cheesy. No. Our story is kind of cheesy. That's all good. Um, it does exist. But <laughs> yes, it does. It does. Um, with him, I didn't tell him that, I had a mental illness or about the manic episode. It normally starts like how we just had a conversation. Like it was my manic episode, you know? Sure, yeah. And because there's so much stigma, like Kanye, you know, like that yes. is a very triggering yeah. person who shares my diagnosis. Yeah. And there are times where I don't want to talk about it or totally. don't want to be because he's, especially now, you know, there's a lot of dangerous things that he's doing. Yeah. And although the reasons for that is his mental illness. It doesn't excuse his behavior. Totally. Same with me. Totally. You yeah, know? Yeah. But um, I am very lucky where I had the support and the parents mm -hmm. that I have, my sister, that they love me so much and I could educate them and they would, they would, they would drop everything. They dropped yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, to help me where I don't think Kanye has that. Um, mm. Anyways, that's a whole nother no, podcast. No, yeah, yeah, that no. is a whole nother podcast yeah. episode. But um, I didn't tell him in the beginning. So how long did you wait? I probably waited like two, three months. Yeah. Two and a half months, something like that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, he didn't believe me until two years after. Wow. He did not believe me. He like, he didn't refuse to believe it. Sure. But he didn't believe He's me. Like, I just don't see. Yeah. Like, he did not see it. Well, we, we were in the um, honeymoon phase sure. for like two years. Yeah. Because I was going to school at the time. We were just in, in Manhattan. So it was always meet me. And as mm -hmm. I, you know, like we would just be doing all of the things, all of the dates and staying in yeah. hotels and we were just living it up. So, yeah. and I didn't really, I didn't really have signs or symptoms for two years, like a little bit, but not sure. enough for him to be like, okay, I can see how this is impeding on your right. daily life. And I can see what you mean. Yeah. It wasn't until we moved in together Okay. That he was like, okay, you know, yeah, and yeah. I started showing signs of depression. My bipolar disorder is more, I don't have, I'm medicated now. So there mm. are rarely signs of mania at all. Mm -hmm. um, but I have more of the depression side. Okay. So we can definitely talk about that and how I cope with that. Sure, but that sure. is when he realized like, oh, I okay. see it. And it sure. took like two years. Yeah. Did you find it's yourself weird. at all um, trying to act different and or basically trying to hide it? Hide I guess, it? Yeah. In the very beginning. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Because when you first start dating, you don't. Yeah. You don't expose everything. You don't expose totally. any, everything. Right. So I did. I did. And it was really, really hard you know, coming out of my bipolar closet to him. And it was very similar coming out of my bipolar closet on social media, like shaking, like trembling because I was naked. I was exposed. Yeah, you're vulnerable. And I was so vulnerable. And yeah. it is the one thing about me or was the one thing about me that I was 
so I just, it always felt like the elephant in the room. Yeah. It always felt like before I even, you know, became public with it, I felt like there was a sign on my forehead yeah. that I would carry with me everywhere. Sure. That no one could see but me. Yeah. Like the you know? secret that you felt everyone knew, but mm -hmm. in reality, only only you had. So yeah. yeah, he he accepted it and he was fine with it. Of course. You know, he was, I love you. I accept you. I'll support you. Um, but there were times where I would bring it up, you know, the certain thing I have social anxiety, you know, like that was a little hard for me. And he would be like, no, 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 I don't see it. You know? So that was hard. Yeah. It was hard a bit. Um, yeah, I can totally relate in the sense of being afraid to open up to your partner, your new partner about something that you are not necessarily trying to hide in a bad way. Like, mm. oh, I got gotcha. you. You know, I've been holding this in this whole time. It's not about that, but it's more so like um, maybe you feel embarrassed. Maybe you, you don't even have the words to articulate what's going on. And, and what I mean by that is for me, when I was dating as a young father, I was uh, would have been 21, 22 at the time now dating. Uh, that's not really a good look, right? It's like, not that my daughter's baggage, but here it is. Now I'm, I'm, I've had a child out of wedlock. I've had a child with another woman and I'm only 21. Nice to meet you, future father-in-law. You know what I mean? So I, understanding all of this, like I, I, it brought me back to that. Um, obviously mine is way lighter. Uh, but I just remember thinking like, I don't, I want to tell you, but I don't really know how. And so it, sometimes it would take me like a month or two to be like, I have a daughter's pre-social media, right? So this was like on my time, on, on my terms, right. which I, you know, miss those days. But um, so, and, you know, and, and I always was like, well, we're going to find out how they truly are as a person, you know, and, and every woman, they were great. They, you know, in fact, they loved it. They loved the idea of it, right? But I mean, anyways, so I just remember feeling like, I don't know how to share this with you. I really don't. I, I, I love who I am as a father. I love my daughter. I'm sure you loved who you were and, and you were trying to love this, this version of you as much as you could. At the end of the day, though, it may not be for everyone. And so having the, the confidence to open up about that, I, I really admire. And if a lot of people are thinking like two months is, is a long time to like, it's like this, this shit is deep. <laughs> this is not like light by any means. So um, I, I guess maybe if, if we can, like what was what was some of that conversation like? Like, what was that dialogue like with your partner? Like, I have something to share with you and I'm finally ready. Yeah, well, he has two boys. Okay. And I was just, I was 21 when I met him and he told me, I think it's the first time I'm saying this on a podcast. Okay, I okay. appreciate it. Got exclusive. All right, exclusive. Okay. He told me like two and a half weeks after we met, via email oh wow okay. okay okay this is the guy that i love so i can do this like, no, I can no 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 totally sure. throw him under the email, bus wow but also he was 10 years older than i okay you know and he didn't know what to do either yeah so for him that was the although i still don't agree with it you know mm -hmm. what I yeah mean? yeah yeah but he was terrified mm -hmm. terrified you know and for me now because of what i was hiding right like i understood it um, but I knew I had to tell him in person because I, I wanted to see his face. Like I wanted to see, cause I n know, I just knew if he wasn't the one mm -hmm. I, I would know it. Sure. You know, the moment I saw woman's his, intuition, that's right. Not to be messed with. Not to be Ever. messed with. Yeah. You are not wrong. <laughs> so, you know, the way 
my story, you know, the manic episode, like I said earlier, it's so taboo. It's so bipolar is still, you know, there's so yeah. many celebrities that have come out, you know, and have shared their illness and their diagnosis and their experiences, but it, it just sounds ugly. Yeah. Sound bipolar. It the has a negative. It has such a yeah, negative stigma, it. Yeah. stigma right? Yeah. And for me, like I, I had to tell him, I just had to pull the bandaid and the conversation just went like, listen, you met me at this point. I'm doing what I love. I'm in the, one of the best schools in the world. I am so happy. I'm so fulfilled. I'm falling in love with you. Right. And this is amazing. But a few years ago, not very long ago, I had this happen to me. I had something really bad happen to me and he was his jolly self and was like, well, I mean, it couldn't have, what is it? What is it? And I couldn't, I kind of couldn't get it out at first. And it took me a while. And he was like, well, he kind of circled back. He's like, well, what's, what happened? Like what happened? I was kind of beating around the bush, sure, I think. Sure. And he's like, it couldn't have been that bad. And there's nothing that you can say that's going to stop me mm. um, from pursuing you. And so I told him and his reaction was, I think it was really good. Not good. The good is not the word, but mm -hmm. it was. It was received. Well. It was received and he was transparent in his reaction. Sure. And I mean, again, he didn't really believe it because he didn't. Um, he's never encountered mental illness in that way. He's never encountered mental health issues in that way where where he's dating someone or in his family or in his work, right? right? It was never in his realm of reality. Yeah. Like so many of us. It was foreign to him. Yeah, yeah, it was foreign to him. Like so many of us, we don't realize that like one in five people are diagnosed with a mental illness at, or deal with a mental health struggle at some point in their life. Sure. So you don't have to be diagnosed for the rest of your life. Right. But you, one in five, like that is staggering. Yeah. yeah. Right? Way more common than we thought. Yeah. Way more common. And because of the pandemic, like, doctors and psychologists and psychiatrists are suspecting that within the next 10 years, because of the effects of the pandemic, that mm -hmm. that's going to just skyrocket even more, sure. you know? Yeah. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. So, but he didn't have any of that knowledge. So to him, he was like, it's not that it's fine, but I accept it. Yeah. Like you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Right. Yeah. He didn't understand the ramifications of what that could look like, mm -hmm. you know, in the so future. After you told him, what was the feeling? Would you just feel relieved? Were, were you now like, yeah, the idea is fun, but like it, it could be rough. Like what, what was going through your mind? To be honest, I think I was, I was relieved that he felt okay with it okay and it was received i don't and because i was in a, such a good place i don't think i thought about it much okay. in a way where where I, I thought it would affect our relationship okay that's and amazing I was, and i was really comfortable with no one else knowing besides him like remember i was in that comfort zone where the people who saw me manic you know like that that was a different trauma 
But now moving forward, no one really needs to know. He knows, and that's okay. Sure, yeah. And I wasn't public with it, so I yeah. was in a good place, yeah. I think, then. That helps, because I'm sure there's a lot of people who are, you know, wanting, <coughs> excuse me, wanting to open up about this and, and don't know how, can't find the words, can't find the, yeah. you know, ability to, um, and, and maybe don't even have the safe space to. So once yeah. you can finally get it out, I can only imagine, you know, it was, it was some type of relief. Yeah, I mean... It is an, a relief, and I know that I'm profoundly blessed in that way, and I know that not everybody has that, you know? And so for people who may be watching and and feeling that, you know, okay, well, she had this great guy, and yes, she has a great sister and family, I would say to them, you know, there are, commu- there are people online, like myself, and communities and therapists and um, blogs that you can find, just a Google search, that people that are like us, right? There are support groups that you can see, well, now where people have similar diagnoses and you can talk to people and find your community if you don't have that, right? And it's important to have that. It's important to seek it. From strangers online, it's even so important. That's how I... That's how I came out. Like the person that saved my life literally was a stranger I've never met to this day. Wow. Yeah. So it, it's possible. You just have to seek it because those people are waiting for you. Yeah. And that feeling of you're not alone. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even imagine <laughs> the, the, yeah. the sense of like, okay, it's not just me. This person's getting through it. I can too. Let's almost like a super team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's, let's team up and, and, and figure this out. Totally. So what else can, can we give people who may beyond the um the spectrum of like i i don't know maybe i'm, I'm kind of relating to a lot of the symptoms you were mentioning like I, I've, mm-hmm. I've had that before um what are some of you know any any type of tips or tools that we can give them that's like you know kind of next steps in order to mm-hmm. really figure out like maybe you you should talk to someone or maybe you are um you know borderline etc right so i think with depression let's start with depression yeah because a lot of people can relate to that yep. in many stages of their life, yeah, right? Yeah. But when when we start to really worry and think that there is a disorder present or you should seek help, not even, right? There doesn't need to be a diagnosis or a disorder present, but that you should seek help or just even seek help from a friend is when we are realizing that it's impeding on our daily functioning, our daily lives, okay. right? So if there are moments where you wake up like I did when I was in sixth grade right? Yeah. and you're just like, oh, wait, I can't. Brushing my teeth is like climbing Everest, right? Or going to this appointment, cleaning, you know, washing the dishes. You feel as though there's just, it's hard to describe depression. And I'm a poet. So yeah. I, you know, it, there's exhaustion, a lot of, it, so, it sounds like, yeah, what, it's a yeah. lot of exhaustion. You feel like a black cloud is just like, pushing you down right and so it's impeding on those things that's when you need to seek help that's when okay you know like okay there's something wrong yeah and with depression there doesn't need to be a reason a lot of times like when people are diagnosed with depression there doesn't need to be a a moment in their life like a family member passing Mm -hmm. you know like most people they deal with grief there's they experience depression yeah, for yeah. could be a long period of time but if you're diagnosed with depression you could just wake up on a random tuesday yeah and it that's what it is you know so 
tips and tools. Seeking therapy is super important because when what I have noticed, even having a great support system, they know you. Right. They're biased too. They are biased. Yeah. They know you. They're like, yeah. well, I know that you're, and then you're like, but yeah. that's not helping me. Right. And even if it's coming from a place of love, it's not helpful and it's not going to get you to a place where you can bounce back and start over. And it could also be enabling at times. Oh yeah. As oh well. yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. My mother love her to death, but mm-hmm. she wants to take care of me and she'll enable me and she'll right. be like, well, I'm a cookie. And I'm like, no, yeah. let me do it. You yeah. know? Um, and that took a while to notice, you know, but um, seeking help from someone who is unbiased is massive. Yep. And educating yourself and educating the people that love you is optimal. Like that is the best thing that you, one of the best things that you can do for yourself because if people don't know the signs and symptoms mm-hmm. and they can't recognize it, they can't help can't you. Can't help you, right. Right? And a little, like there's a little bit can go a long way for people like me and, and not even people, like all of us, right? When you are going through a hard time and you receive a text from someone or yeah. a voicemail, for me, I'm huge on like leaving voicemails mm-hmm. or write a written letter. Like I think that's a lost art, you sure. know? It's so special. That doesn't take much. It does not take much to pick up the phone and leave like a sweet voicemail to someone. And that can elevate you. 100%. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that that's so, so, so important. Self-care is something that's overused in this society. And I think people capitalize it, capitalize on it in a lot of ways that feel false, but it Mm -hmm. is really important. Yeah. And sometimes... There's a poem that I have called To Do List, which is the poem that I posted on social media, which made me come out of my bipolar closet. Mm-hmm. I say, my to-do list is longer than I'd like to admit. It is a step-by-step process of all the things I like to call small accomplishments. So small accomplishments are what get me through a depression. Yeah. Because everything is a win. And you have to celebrate it. Yes. You must celebrate it. If you're anxious, if you're depressed, if you feel anything that's on that spectrum, if you did something or many some things, you need to celebrate yourself for real. I know I'm looking at you like I'm like, no, no, but I, I mean it. Like it is so important to celebrate those small wins because that will get you out of bed the next morning. Yeah. Because you know that you've accomplished something and you feel better. You feel mm-hmm. more confident in and you yourself. And you want to do more of it. And you want to do more of it. Yeah, it's contagious. So it's contagious, yes. So I think those are the tips and tools I would use in the beginning. Seeking help, celebrating your small wins, and finding the support, the little things, and educating the ones that are around you. And educating yourself. Yeah. Because you need to be able to spot it in yourself in order to say, okay, wait, I'm feeling very anxious. My heart's racing. I'm having racing thoughts. That means this and what I can do is yeah. go in this direction. Yeah. Yeah. The aware. Yeah. Thank you, by the way, for sharing of all course, that. Of course. Of course. That is so helpful. And, and what I'll do is any um, resources and uh, anything you, you care to share, I'll make sure I leave I'm it in the, in the notes. Um, yeah. It, the awareness thing is, is such a, a big piece of it, you know, in, in order to um, help yourself, first and foremost, and then in order to ask for help and, and try to be a guide, in a sense, to that person wanting and offering to help, uh, we have to be aware. And when, then we have to accept what we've now become aware of. And that mm-hmm. I, I can only imagine for someone 
who struggles with any type of disorder or any type of disease, especially in the mental health space, that acceptance is probably a really hard step. For me, I, I know I've, I've battled with seasonal depression. I've mm-hmm. been growing up in the Midwest. And, was, and anyways, and uh, the wintertime was rough. And, um, you know, mood swings. And, and then <clears throat> for me, is, as I realized um, lately, is um, traveling sometimes can just really throw my mood mm-hmm. off because it's a different bed. It's an it's a unfamiliar territory. I'm around, um, you know, a lot of people at, 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 a, at a, a lot of different times of the day. I very rarely get my me time kind of thing. I'm on someone else's clock, which I'm not really used to. All this to say, it would throw me off. And I would call Shay and even in the past, I would call my ex and, and, you know, and it's like, what's going on? You're all right. And, and like, for me, even though I'm not, I hate that question. <laughs> it's just, it's like, it kind of irks me. So, and then and my answer is like, yeah, I'm fine. Which is, I'm not the ones who know me when I respond that way, they know that. And so like Shay now, because I'm able to be aware of this, I'll be like, you know what? I, I just need a minute. Like if I've gotten home, I'm just like, just give me like 30 minutes, you know, or if, or if I get off of a shoot and I'm out of town, I'm like, you know, she's like, are you off of work? You know, what are you doing? And I, and I won't call her. I'm like, just, just give me a sec. And so being aware of that and then accepting that I'm human, <laughs> I can be thrown off. It's, it was really hard. I felt like Superman a lot of times, you know, and, and I can do all things. And um, pouring from this empty cup is, is okay, you know. And so realizing that it's not and, and being able to identify, accept, and then now translate that to someone is um, super helpful, super helpful for me. Yeah, accepting the fact that we're not going to be okay all the time right? to not only ourselves, yeah. but the outside world and the people we love and our coworkers is yeah. really hard. 100%. Because we want to be normal. All the time. All the time. And, and, and optimal and, and on it yeah, all the time. Yeah, we want to be on and we want to be great. And, you know, living with a condition like I do it's really hard to accept it. And there are days where I still have trouble accepting it because yeah. I have, I'm have i an advocate now mm-hmm. and I do travel to schools and, and I try to be a champion of this illness. And I'm, I, I remind myself, like, I'm just offering, you know, I'm educating and I'm offering my experience so people can, so to help right. others, right? And inspire others to do the same in whatever way is right for them. And even on some days, I'm like, I'm not a champion of this illness. Like, I'm not, yes, I'm a suicide survivor. Yes, I'm, uh, you know, uh, I'm powerful. Yeah. But I am I still live with this. Right, right. And still although, working through it. Yeah, yeah, I'm still working through it. And even though these past two and a half months without, you know, calling my therapist have been amazing. Like, I've yeah. had a lot of success in yeah. many aspects. That doesn't mean you're not going to, you know, talk to me a month from now and I might be in a different place and that's okay yeah because you don't live with a mental illness but you go through things maybe two months from now you'll be you'll you oh, and yeah. Shay will have a conversation like you mentioned and you're like you know what give me 45 minutes because yeah. I'm not <laughs> right, okay right. usually like, it's 30 I need 45 today yeah right <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah, totally. but being okay with that is massive it, being able to accept that we're flawed in every way and being vulnerable and humbled by it yeah we don't need to have all the answers. We really don't. Sometimes I, you know, I step into a social setting because I, I sometimes do have symptoms of social anxiety. Sure. And 
very recently I went to an event in New York. I went alone to challenge wow. myself. Yeah, good for you. Thanks. And um, I went to challenge myself. And in the beginning when I walked in, there were a lot of women talking to one another in like their yeah, clicks. respective cliques yeah, and yeah. circles. And I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, you know? for sure. So I went to the bathroom and I'm like, just go to the bathroom because people go to the bathroom. Right, and right fix their faces and use the bathroom. Like it's not, not normal. So I went to the bathroom and I complimented this, this girl was we were, um, washing her hands at the same time. And I'm like, I like your hat. I did like her hat. Mm-hmm. And then we just started talking a little bit and then I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> and yeah. I went to the bar and she came up to me like five minutes afterwards. She's like, do you mind if I sit with you? I'm like, yes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, like, yes, thank God. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we ended yeah. up talking the whole event and she was like, my buddy, we sat next to each other. Anyways, yeah. I say all that to say, had I not challenged myself and celebrated the small win, I did celebrate that win of like, look, you complimented someone's hat and you made a connection. Yeah. Let's just move on. Like you can do this. Like yeah. you are anxious as hell right now, but you can do this, you know? You can continue to feel this way, feel that fear and do it anyway. And it ended up Sometimes it's not going to, I've gone to events alone and I didn't vibe with anyone or I just didn't have a good experience, but it's not going to stop me from trying again Yeah, because it's just not. That is so powerful. I, uh, I'm so, um, I'm proud of you. I, 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 hopefully it's not weird to say to you, but I I am because I, that's so difficult. I, to this day, really struggle with that. Like I am such a people person. Um, I mean, it, it wasn't always this way. I used to be an introvert, believe it or not. And um, so I I can recall so many different times where I'm like, I felt like everyone was staring at me in the room and then I couldn't have the confidence enough to go up to someone and talk to them. And I probably got a resting bitch face, (laughs) resting asshole face in my case, (laughs) you know, on me. And then it's like, no, even feels comfortable. And it's just this whole thing. And my job has a lot to do with coming out of that. Um, Thank God. And so I I really know that that's going to be so helpful for so many people. I also do um, consultations uh, aside, which led from um, stem from the podcast. And one of my clients um, went to a concert by herself, and I was like, "I, you're like my hero today. Like that is the coolest thing. Shout out to ever, that right? Person. Like how amazing to yeah. go to a concert where, first of all." Who goes to concerts alone? Almost nobody. So either you're going to be booed up or you got your click, but it's hard to be the third, fifth, seventh wheel, whatever's going on. And so um, I, I just was so impressed by that. And anyone who who ventures, people who travel alone, I'm just like, wow, especially women. I mm-hmm. mean, for safety issues alone, I'm like, good for you that you were like, I'm not waiting for my man to, you know, I, I want to see some shit. Yeah. I'm going to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, good yeah, for them. And, and going through... Like, for example, the concert yeah. example, you, I mean, I hope whoever they are, they sang loud yeah. and they just like dance, everything. It yeah, and yeah. Dance. Like, I pray that, like, I, I'm sure they did. But to do that when you're alone, I do that in my car, but my, you know, like, it's different. Or in the shower, like, people aren't watching you. Right. But when you're at a concert or you travel alone, you're feeling so, so many things come up. Totally so many like signs and symptoms i hate sure. to use that but it's true like memory traumas like a lot of you're met with a lot of a lot of feelings a lot of stuff and to be able to battle that alone or just feel it alone i don't like the word battle because we're not at war with ourselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but to go through that challenge to alone. go through those yeah. challenges alone 
And you, when you come back home, you feel like you can conquer. Exactly. And you are more, yeah, you can, you just have that, like, that armor that you can, wow, I said I don't like war, but I've used a lot of war <laughs> examples, yeah. like badge and We swear you're, you're and not like, a violent person. I'm not, I'm not. It's just really all your not. metaphors. This, yeah. is, this is all my metaphors. <laughs> um, but totally, like, you feel more, and, and I always want to encourage people that, you know, my followers and the students that I meet that, you know, if you do have a bad day where it feels like a failure, you ha you must try again because that's the only way to fight that social anxiety, the anxiety of, you know, test taking or learning how to socialize again after the pandemic, <laughs> you know, like without, without really something covering right? your facial like, expressions. Yes, yeah. Kids are really struggling. Uh, yeah. Adults are really struggling. Right. You know what I mean? Totally. Like making eye contact. Like there's so totally. much, so much. And I really just encourage them, like, feel all the feelings because we're all feeling it. And when you are vulnerable, like, as you are and your guests are, and you're really, like, Shay's amazing, you know, and your daughter, you. like, on the podcast, that liberates other people and invites them to do the same. Yeah, literally, that's apparently why you're here. That's why I'm here. Kind of how it all, how it all happened, yeah. Yes, yeah. can I share the story? Please share. I'm going to. <laughs> so I... As I mentioned, I'm a stepmother. Mm -hmm. And during some of my struggles, I was trying to find some like resources online. And a lot of the stuff that I was coming across were white women in their mid to late 40s. And although some of it was helpful, I just like when I was trying to come out of my bipolar closet, I didn't know anyone, any Latinas, any anyone who looked like me mm -hmm. who were dealing who was dealing with a mental illness or anything that I could relate to and my story. Right. And so I came across your podcast and the episode with you, Shay and your beautiful daughter. Mm, thank you. And I we, like wept the whole time because which episode it was the, the three of you um, where you were talking about, Oh, where did I cause trauma? You, yes. That you caused trauma to yeah. her and you were, you were crying oh, yeah. a lot. And I, it really like, yeah, that one, that was a hard one for you. Yeah. I think you post, you said the hardest conversation I've ever had, yeah. I think. Yeah. Something along those lines. And I mean, I believe it because that was a really hard conversation. And your daughter was crying and she was so vulnerable about like the other relationships you had had. Anywho. Yeah. yeah. But the relationship with her and Shay and she spoke about how, how uncomfortable it was at first and, and their relationship, how it built over time. And I just saw her love for your daughter. And just the relationship, seeing that, like, my two boys, you know, it's 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 a different dynamic in many ways, but I still saw my story being represented by people who look like me. And it made me so grateful, so grateful. And I felt seen, which is how everyone on this planet should feel. Yeah. And that's the story. I love <laughs> it. Thank you for sharing. And I'm so happy that that happened. I, I know that that episode um, touched a lot of people, but to actually sit with someone and, and hear it is uh, is incredible. We yeah. um, it was it was such a funny situation. Like I I, I had an I had another idea. I can't remember what it was. I had another idea for the episode, and this topic had been like talked about the last couple of days in the house, and I was just like, you know what? Like I am Mr. Vulnerability. My show is called Who Can Relate. Like let's let's really dive in here. You know what I mean? Like no surface stuff. Let's just I, I I'm down if you guys are and 
and everybody was, and um, it, it was just uh, an incredible moment for us. And here's the thing, like when those episodes happen, like everyone gets healing, which I love. Imagine us, like cameras off. We had like the best hug ever, like the tripod of us. You know what I mean? We had this beautiful moment of just like, oh, like I've been feeling a certain way about it, but I didn't know how to articulate it. And, and my daughter being at the time 13, you know, trying however she could to. And then even me at, at shit at 34, trying to word everything out. And, and it just um, not just the tears are pouring that day, but the words also were pouring out, which was which was awesome. Yeah. And then it led to an email uh, that that you sent me. And it, it, it was on a day where I was getting just a, a lot of spam. He deleted the email. And I skimmed like the first couple <laughs> lines. I was like, delete. It's just another, I love your podcast and I think I'd be a great guest. And I was just like, ah, it's spam. <laughs> and then uh, we have a mutual friend, Krizia, and um, yeah. she was, um, I'm working with her now for season two. And, and she was like, I think I got a good guest. And, and I was like, the, you know, bipolar senior is, is not a common name. So I was like, God, it stands out for some reason. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, she left me an email and I totally treated her like spam. So um, here we all, full circle, I don't know how many months later, and and I'm so happy we could do this. So um, last couple of things, what are you currently working on now? I know this Saturday, this will come out um, at this point, it's Tuesday, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But this Saturday you you have a a women's convention you're speaking at, and what else are you working on? Women's Empowerment Expo, I'm going to be doing a motivational speech and performing my poetry. I am continuing to be booked for schools and events where, you know, I'm educating and speaking about bipolar experience, mental health education, and performing my poetry, you know, Mm -hmm. my spoken word, uh, the children's poetry book that is bilingual, I'm still working on, and my poetry album, which I'm really excited about. All your Instagram, website, whatever you have, it's already in the show notes. It's been popping up here on the screen. Yeah. Um, So people will be able to get in touch with you. Perfect. Um, And I always, I usually do a round of rapid fire questions. Um, (laughs) However, it it wasn't really received that well. So I'm going (gasps) to narrow it down to one, which to me is the the most important question of the five that were random, but the one constant is. Talk to me. What does Miss Daylene Santana admire most about Daylene. That's nice. <laughs> Why am I about to cry? Uh, no, take your time. <laughs> Can I, uh, so take your time. I'll also just give you uh, yeah. the context as to why I asked that question. Please. Speaking of self-love, this show is all about people discovering their higher self through adversity, vulnerability, and self-love. Adversity, everyone goes through it. Who wants to talk about it until you hear someone else first, is usually when we come out. And the second thing is vulnerability, which is one of the most important things ever in any type of relationship with another human being. Self-love is probably the most important factor to any human being. Unfortunately, it's the one that we just totally dismiss and we put on the back burner and I'm fine. I'll do it. It's okay. I'll be all right. So this is a moment for you. Talk about celebrating. Mm -hmm. Celebrate the shit (laughs) out of yourself right now. What do you admire most about you? The thing I admire most about Daylene... And I will say my name because I rarely say it when I speak about myself or to myself, rather. I say day. I usually shorten it. My mother always says, why do you do that? Like, I gave you a name. I gave you a full name. Don't cut it short. The thing I admire most about myself is I always will find my light. I'll find my light and share it with the world even when the darkness comes, Mm -hmm. no matter what. I will always find my light and work as hard as I need to 
because I know that someone needs what I have. Mm. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. That's so beautiful. Thanks. That is so beautiful. And it's, it's hitting right now for me, uh, very personally because, um, Shay and I did ayahuasca this past weekend. And one of the things that Shay, who had a, a, a way better experience than I did with it and got more messages, um, she said at one point in, in this one dimension, she said, I, I felt like um, a light, but I felt like I was such a, a dim light compared, you know, and she's like, I just felt this insane amount of urge to like be as bright as I could be, be this brightest light. So really very um, perfect timing for, for you to share that with me and, and for Shay too. So thank you for that. And, uh, and as we all should, as we all should, I mean, if you're not failing, you're not trying. If you're not putting yourself out there, there's going to be no results that you're looking for. So yeah. I love the fact that you were like, this is who I am, all versions. This is what I have going on. I love myself. I'm going to do everything I can to understand what's going on, to love what's going on to share my light with everyone else in the world that is also one out of five people is going through something type of uh, mental health wise. And um, you are a light. You're, you're so, you have this contagious energy. Um, <laughs> even on the phone yesterday, um, you got me hyped. I didn't sit down when we talked. I was standing. <laughs> and, um, I always do that. Yeah. I like walk in circles. It's really weird. Yeah. And um, I just, I'm so happy that you were able to share everything that you did. Thank and you I so can't much. wait for people to, to get to know you more. And um, the children's book and all that you have going on, um, it's just an honor. So I appreciate Thank you. Thank you. No, it's a pleasure. Seriously. I hope the people that can relate to my story and what you've shared as well, like I hope that they know that they're not alone and that no matter what, we all have darkness and light, but finding the light no matter how hard it gets. Like every time I share my story, it gets easier. Yep. yep. And that's not just... That's not only me. Right. You know, that's not limited to just Daylene. No. Yeah. It's everybody. Yeah. yeah. You become more comfortable with it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Awesome. Thank you again. Thanks. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.